Hi, everyone. Welcome to Cookville Now, a podcast about the people, places, and things that make Cookville and the Upper Cumberland what they are today. I'm your host, Herbert Williams, and your co-host is Clarissa Williams. Thank you, and welcome, everyone. Today, we have Damon D. Prince. We have been to all of the city council forum events and um, to date, anyhow, and we decided we would bring our audience all of the candidates with the exact same questions with the same time frames and give everyone an opportunity to hear them answer every question in its raw unedited format so if you've been watching these you've seen me mess up a couple of times and i'll probably will again but that's all right <laughs> so um why don't you tell us a little bit about you and welcome to the studio yes today. welcome well first of all i want to thank you guys for having me i really appreciate this opportunity to just be able to um give everybody um, that may be tuning in and just people that i haven't really met and sat down with before the opportunity to kind of get to know me uh, because I have the utmost faith that I'll be serving on your Cookville City Council. So I um, uh, just just a brief introduction about me. I'm an I'm an uh, an Air Force kid. My father's an Air Force veteran. Uh, my mother's originally from South America, and uh, the way that they were way that my mother's family was raised is that we all stick together no matter what. So it's a lot of faith, and they're strong in their faith as well. So it's faith and family. Uh, then, of course, from the Air Force side, it's discipline and a lot of athletics. Uh, so <laughs> that's, that kind of drives, drives um, you know, my ambition to be on the city council, to be able to serve. Uh, also, um, in, my, um, in my drive to just be somebody who is always staying within compliance. Um, and another part of that is me being an HR manager. And I have, I've been in HR for about 17 years or so. Um, I don't want to say 20 because then that <laughs> gives away my age, but, you know, we'll just say over 15 years. Um, and so uh, I'm big on compliance and I'm big on, you know, being someone who um, believes that this this particular race, this campaign that I've got is about servanthood. So that that's just that's it in a nutshell. OK, so the, I'd say you pretty much covered the why are you why are you running or would you like to elaborate a little more? Absolutely like to elaborate All on right. that. So, of course, that's what that's kind of like my chemical makeup um, in terms of running. But why I want to run, it, it, it comes kind of twofold. One was um, and I've told the story before my my late wife uh, who passed away in 2018. Um, a few years ago, she told me, hey, listen, you know, you're not average because I was happy just being someone who you know, made a decent living, decent wage, uh, taking care of my family. Um, but she really just kind of inspired me to do more, be more. And so that's why I got to a point where I said, okay, you know, I, I think I do want to run for public office because she said, you're a director, you're a manager, you know, you could even be mayor of the city. And of course I laughed it off, but then I really started to believe in her. And so the reason why I'm running is partially because of her. And then the other part is, is I just, I would love to see a progressive cook. Uh, a Cookville where, you know, we stress diversity. We stress that we're progressive. Okay, so when you look at our leadership boards, there's not a lot of people that look like me um, or others uh, on these boards, uh, on these uh, leadership committees and councils. So I want that representation to be there so I can give a, I can, I can be a voice to those who probably haven't had a voice mm -hmm. um, in previous years. Okay. So let's jump into the topics. Okay. We rated transportation as the number one because 
really doesn't matter where you go. Everybody's complaining about the traffic, congestion, potholes, traffic patterns, whatever you want to throw in there, transportation. So what would you do if you were in office? How would you fix that? Or what would you contribute to fix it? So, of course, in order to actually fix it or do anything about it, it would have to be, you know, a situation where I work with the other four people. I want to stress that. I. This um, council is going to work off of five people. It's not going to be the power of I. It's going to be the power of we. But going back to that, transportation and I believe infrastructure are two different things. Um, So the potholes, different things that are going on with the streets and the roads that need some type of maintenance, that's actually a TDOT thing. But I would work with uh, the other city council members to make sure that, um, that we communicate with TDOT that these are the things that we need. Um, the other part about it is the transportation part. I would love to encourage bicycle lanes. I would love to encourage people going. If I had a 10 speed right now, I'd bike to work. I promise you. I've got a lot of friends that uh, ride, you know, ride bikes, um, you know, sports wise and recreational wise. And so um, I, I would love to encourage uh, different ways in terms of transportation of getting places because we want everybody wants quicker faster, a little bit of weight in order to get places. Um, So, yeah, I would encourage the commute uh, atmosphere or environment. Okay, Okay. great. Well, one of the other topics is healthcare. So um, Cookville has a unique situation where we own the, the city owns the um, hospital, uh, CRMC. And we know over the past couple of years, we've had the tornado, the pandemic, staffing issues, So how does the city owning the hospital help Cookville and how does it contribute to the tax base? So in a nutshell, I think that so so we we think about it from this perspective. Um, How is it working from a leadership admin standpoint? Um, Because if you think about if it was owned privately, someone privately could make cuts uh, could start, you know, just to save money or to, to gain a profit of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you start making cuts and people start losing jobs. So along those lines, with the city, it's a little bit harder to do that, of course, because being owned by the city, we want to make sure that we're putting people to work and we have all the bases covered and we've got, you know, we've, they've got an operating budget that they can use. Now, on the, on the side of... Um, on the side of keeping keeping it the way that it is, maintaining it the way that it is, or the services that are provided, I think that the city owning it, there's a cluster of uh, ideas that are all right here in, in, in ways to make sure that the hospital has new programs or gets grants and funding for whatever it is. So I think it's a great idea to keep it that way. And I would encourage the city maintaining the ownership of it. Great. Well, we know we've got a great economy right now in Cookville. It's going well. We always have a what-if strategy. Okay. So what if something bad happens and you're trying to figure out how are we going to make some changes? So we put together a couple of things on a list. If you were faced with cuts, Mm -hmm. um, we've got three options. Okay. So would you scale back services? Okay. Would you cut staff or would you increase taxes? So if I had to pick one or if I had to put them in order, um, I definitely would, would say cutting staff is number three. That would be the last thing. Um, you, you hate to scale back services just because if they're working, they're working. But 
um, scaling back services would probably be number one for me while increasing taxes is number two. There's a lot of situations where people feel like increasing taxes is a bad thing. Um, it doesn't always have to be. It's like we write the horror story before we even get to the movie. And it's like, okay, they're ra he's raising taxes or they're, you know, this council is raising taxes. So automatically life is going into the trash can. That, that doesn't necessarily mean that. Um, you could get to a point where you only raise it, you know, seven or eight cents. Whatever the threshold is, I think is probably the best thing. So that would be definitely be number two. But I, I think in terms of services, if you've got something that uh, for services it takes, uh, you know, $20,000 to maintain, but when you look at it, there's only seven people using it on an annual basis. You have to start thinking to yourself, how can we make this work without using this much money and put that towards something mm -hmm. else? Well, this is one of the hot topics in the last forum. Uh -oh. As you know, <laughs> homeless is continuing to grow. Homelessness yeah. is continuing to grow here. Absolutely. How would you, with the rest of the committee or the council, mm -hmm. try to get together to solve this problem? What are some ideas? So one of the things that I've thought of, and it's, it's been in some of my previous answers with the um, Meet the Candidates events, is I want to look at the I want to look at the grand scale of things. What's what's causing it? I want to look at the at the at the cause, and I think that in a lot of cases, what causes homelessness, um, you know, it could be personal situations. But from what I'm finding, there's a lot of drug use. There's a lot of that's not to say every case is there's drug use, but then there's also also the mental illness uh, aspect. Um, take this into into perspective. There was a a, um, a, a homeless person. Um, that was taken to the hospital, uh, treated for about seven days. And then when they were treated, they had nowhere to go. There was no emergency contacts, no anything. If we had, I think that if we had some um, more mental health facilities, uh, not to say that we, you know, we've got a pop-up 10 right now, but if we had two or three more that had a, um, a quick and thorough uh, check-in process, um, you know, uh, being able to get them in, being able to get them treated, put them on programs and house them for a little while. Hopefully that will spark um, kind of a progression plan once they are released. Mm -hmm. um, you think about this situation where, you know, a person was being treated, whether it was mental illness or not. Um, but, you know, they were in the hospital and then they left to go where with no emergency contacts. Um, in some some scenarios, if you have a uh, mental health facility that that with what I mentioned that houses them, it can give them the opportunity to quite possibly reach out to somebody, um, have them get their bearings, be able to be in a situation where they go through a process where maybe they can gain employment, maybe day services where, you know, they work for the day and get paid, you know, for that day to be able to get hotel money or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side with the drug problem, really, really quickly, um, you know, fentanyl um, is really, really running rampant. And from what I understand, it's with the homeless popula population as well. Mm -hmm. So I think there's always room for more education on, you know, the, the, uh, the, what you put in your body, nutrition and drugs. And I think that those are the things that we need to explore first, because then that might cut the homelessness issue, mm -hmm. um, down a little bit. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, one of the things that we know is great right now is uh, the growth that we have, but I know some people are really worried about the growth. Yeah. Um, so we've, we've got kind of a double-edged sword. We've got great opportunities, Absolutely. but then how do we have manage that and not lose our small town charm? Right. So that's the biggest thing that I've talked to people about. When I, when I first put my hat in the ring, people 
uh, would come up to me and say, you know, if you get in city council, let, let's keep Cookville, a, you know, a, a hometown feel. And I feel the same way. Um, I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York. And so most of the places that I lived while I was in the Air Force, while my dad was in the Air Force, they were, you know, close to big cities. Mm -hmm. um, and the ones that were next to small cities, that, that small town feel was what I really liked. And now sometimes they went to extremes. There were some that were going towards big cities, you know. Mm -hmm. So you've heard a lot of talk, Cookville is going to be like the next Murfreesboro or Cookville is going to be like the next Mount Juliet. Mm -hmm. I would love for Cookville to stay Cookville. Mm -hmm. However, just like with anything, grow up a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, however, you don't want it to grow too fast. And, and an example of growing too fast, I, I feel like we're growing and we're growing well. Um, that my motto uh, with my campaign slogan is keep progress moving. Um, we've been making progress and I'd love to keep it moving. But in some terms, I'd like to sit and enjoy what we had. I made a joke the other day with a friend of mine um, uh, that uh, that's involved in the economic development that, you know, I, I would like for if I'm on city council, I'd like for Cookville to be single for a little while. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't get to enjoy Publix all the way before Food City came mm -hmm. in. Two great places, two great employers, um, two businesses that are really adding to the uh, the economic development of the city. And so uh, with that being said, I would love for things to, to kind of stay where we're at for a little while. Mm -hmm. And then we get to a point to where we say, you know, okay, then we can maybe after, you know, in 2024, we can go in with like three or four projects wow. rather than seven or eight or 10 in one year. Yeah. 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 Well, one of the things when Herbert and I started this company about seven or eight years ago, mm -hmm. um, we wanted to make sure that the company was based on Christian values, integrity, all the things that make up our faith our faith roots. Yeah. If you will. Um, and we have um, gone to all the different campaign events and, uh, or tried to, at least I would say, yep. we may have missed one. Or we've two. been the most of um, them. <laughs> but we've, we've tried to make sure that we're hearing what everyone says, because we want to make a good informed decision. And one of the things that's really important to us is yeah. knowing how someone's faith or foundation of their faith is rooted. So right. how would you answer that? So the best way to answer this is, um, you know, I, and I say this a lot, you, you can believe in coincidence, you can believe in magic, you can believe in whatever you want to believe in, but uh, God is definitely real. Um, I go back to when I lost my wife in 2018. Um, she was my soulmate. She was, you know, just everything. And um, the, the next, after her death, the next few months were really, really tough for me. It was a really, really dark place. And so I look back on that and I look to where I'm at now and God has really taken me from a, um, a, a point and pointed me in this other direction with my partner now. Um, she's been one of the great things that's happened to me. She's actually, my, my partner, Jade Martin, uh, she's actually encouraged us as a family, me and the kids, to whenever the, uh, the doors are open at church, we need to have uh, our feet stepping through the doorway and our behinds in a seat. Mm -hmm. And so when I start thinking about faith, good Christian values and those things, I think that it's always been embedded in me from my parents. Um, but I think that what's actually happening now is I'm leaning on God a lot more. Uh, praying about this election instead of praying for a win i'm praying for just a great election for a great leadership council that comes out of this of course i would love to be part of that but you know more than anything it's about what the people deserve and that i think is good christian faith is being selfless and thinking about um uh servanthood the last thing um is um there's there's two things you're either a bucket or a shovel you're either a bucket waiting to get filled up or um, without doing any work, or you're a shovel and you're actually doing the work. 
um, and reaping the fruits alongside of it. So I think that that kind of sums up what it is about my Christian values and the foundation of of even, you know, my family and running this campaign is I believe I'm a shovel. Well, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. We put your company in front of the right audience. Our services include website creation, search engine optimization, search engine management, social media management, geofencing, video production, podcasts, and more. We can help you get found easy and affordable. We are your partner. We work with you as your team, giving you the best option for marketing. Stop by today, email us, or call us at 931-854-1313. Welcome back. So let's talk about the mayor's position. Yes. Historically, it's been the person who got the most votes, and then, of course, the city council will vote on it. Um, But I know there's been some discussion about whether that should be a standalone position. Where do you stand? So I've had this question before, but the way that it was presented to me was, would you like to have a mayoral election standalone mayoral election and no city manager or would you like to have it the way that it is and of course with a city manager and i i have i have always hoped that it could be a mayoral election but keep the city manager and then a um um a city council election but there's a couple of flaws that go along with that i mean so i think about the mayoral election being by itself if i were to win um with the way that it is now if God forbid something were to happen and it would require my attention for a week or so, then that means that I have to take annual leave from my job in order to, you know, mm-hmm. be the mayor. Um, then the other part about it is um, you start running into situations such as if we had a mayoral election and the three of us were running and we were strong candidates, people that could actually be on city council. Well, I win, you guys don't, we have a city council election on the other side for the other four members, then that means two good candidates, two good leaders, two good people potentially that could help this city end up not on anything. Mm-hmm. So I see the pros and cons of, of both sides, but you know, I guess for maybe my own selfish reasons, I'd like to see a mayoral election, but I would love to keep the city uh, manager. The last... Uh, a couple of city managers, um, I think it was Jim Shipley, and then it was uh, Mike Davidson, and then, mm-hmm. you know, now it's James Mills, all three great people that I've interacted with. Um, so I, I think that that position has done itself justice, and I would love to keep that. So I guess I'm kind of split on that, but <laughs> if I had, if it was 51% to 49, I would say 51% have a mayoral election. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We often hear people say, I wish they had that in Cookville. I wish. For example, Target. Target. I knew it. Yeah. I knew it. I said, just say, I was saying to myself, just say Target. Yeah. Well, what would you like to see here in, in that area? Anything? Yeah, actually, I would like to see a Boys and Girls Club. Um, I, I really would. We don't have one of we those. Don't. No, we don't. Um, you know, and I think Life Church and some of these other um, uh, faith-based ministries, they do a great job of having like teen centers or, um, you know, vacation Bible study camps and different things like that. But what I would like to see is one building uh, dedicated to paying employees a good living wage um, that love interacting with children, love developing children, love uh, helping children grow. And those kids that, uh, that really needed to be able to go to this place, feel safe and feel like this is where I, I want to go to, to develop um, everything from sports 
uh, to uh, technology, STEM, STEM programs, art. Um, it's just a lot of things that I've actually thought about that mm -hmm. I would really love to see in here and programs that I would really love to implement and people that I would really love to hire. So that, that's the biggest thing for me. I'd love to see a boys and girls program and not just a teen center, but a boys and girls program, uh, building infrastructure project that, uh, that's, that's sustainable. We hadn't thought about that. They don't have. <laughs> yeah, we've lived in a lot of different communities, and um, I've actually served on the board for a couple of different boys and girls clubs. Okay, great. Helped one start yeah. um, in Berea, Kentucky. Okay. Uh, several years ago, maybe yeah. like twenty or so, um, and then um, when we lived in Illinois, also helped over there. So, yeah. um, it is definitely something that I think this community could utilize because there are a lot of probably. The term used to be latchkey kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's exactly it. I, you can tell my kids aren't little anymore. So, <laughs> uh, But I think that having those types of things are, are really good in communities, especially when it helps the younger kids, because oftentimes you either have the younger or the older, but those older kids then can become mentors to those younger kids. Yeah, well, you think about now here in Cookville, just studying the demographic, you've got the SAC or the after-school program. And really the, the population of children, kids, that um, that could benefit from it the most are the ones from 14 to 17 years old. Mm -hmm. And I believe that that would be that would be a great thing for them to have. And I've, I've got a 14-year-old. I've got a 13-year-old, 12-year-old. Um, and so I think that in those cases, um, when they transition from SAC, it doesn't have to be just being at home alone. And then there's a lot of single parents. There's some single dads. There's some single moms mm -hmm. that really could use that and, and stop using, I don't want to say it's an excuse, but stop using the, I don't have childcare or, you know, mm -hmm. I don't have this, uh, for my kids to be able to, to have that, um, in situations where it plays into their, their employment, uh, mm -hmm. schedules. So, right. Yeah. yeah. So what did your family initially think about when you said you wanted to run for council? <laughs> <laughs> so my children, of course, they even told people at, uh, at, at church, my 12 year old Taylor, she, she told, um, some people from Bible study. She said, yeah, you know, um, you know, my stepdad, he's going to be running for city council or he's going to be running for mayor. You know, he's going to win. Like she, no, the, no hesitation. She has the most confidence. Um, so all my, all my kids are very confident about it, but they, um, they, they love the situation um, because they know what makes me happy. And when I come home and I'm happy, they know that it's up. He, he helped somebody today. He served today. Mm -hmm. And then of course my partner, Jade, um, she, she's a lot like my, my late wife in the, um, in the aspect of, definitely just kind of breathing life into me. Um, she's, she's a Marine, she's a retired Marine. So she, you know, she's a veteran as well. And so I get that, that service member attitude that my father kind of gives me that, that, that hoorah type of uh, attitude. That's just like, Oh, you're going to win. We're going to put this much into it. We're going to do this. So mm -hmm. they're happy about it. They want to see it happen. And then my, my brother, who's my best friend, my brother, Mark, and then my, uh, my parents, they also want to see, see this come to fruition as well. They're behind me. Oh, good. Yeah. So when you think about Cookville, there's mm -hmm. all kinds of great places here, mm -hmm. um, great events. We are always out and about trying to find the most local way to support the community that we can. Yeah. Um, I, I really mm -hmm. like oh, off of, um, I think it's Broad Street. I get mixed up which way that that kind of connects there, but it's the new tourism shop that yes. the chamber put together. Is it Cookville? Uh, yes. Is I, it Cookville? I, I've 
send stuff out to people all over the U.S. from there. It mm-hmm. makes it so much easier to kind of brand Cookville. Yeah. But when you think about Cookville and you're thinking about how you would say, this is my favorite thing about Cookville. It could be a restaurant, an event, whatever. What would you say that is? So the our favorite thing is the kids love Cream City. Oh, yes. Um, so we think about Cream City all the time. One of the... Um, uh, in, in terms of transportation, I didn't get to mention this, but I, I think that we should do a little bit more with the uh, with the depot, mm-hmm. right? Possibly a um, uh, you know somewhat of a tourist attraction where we use the railways. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that, and then of course, you know, the depot would definitely be my favorite spot. I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm just weird, but I just have this thing about rail, mm-hmm. you know, rail subways from New York or whatever mm-hmm. it yep. is. Um, so uh, there, um, our favorite restaurant is 37 Cedar, which is right down in that area, Crawdaddy's as well. Mm-hmm. We've got, um, uh, you know, Ralph's and Big O's. I know they're on different sides. I but think you're the first person to mention that. Yeah. Well, no. Listen, <laughs> I gotta have a donut. <laughs> so, you know, I think about some of those historic places, uh, is historic areas, but then I also think about, uh, we have a Juneteenth celebration down at West End Park. Mm-hmm. That is, so this year, there was actually a tournament at, with uh, the Latino community. Um, and they were coming from, we were talking to them, and they were coming from everywhere. There were some from Virginia, from um, Morristown, mm-hmm. uh, all over. And so they were down at the courts on one side. And then, of course, you had a lot of us with Impact Cookville um, um, that were African-American, but also other nationalities as well. They were white, whatever, um, Indian, Native American, and Indian, mm-hmm. um, two different ones. But um, it was so many eclectic it was just an eclectic mix of so many different personalities and so many cultures down there that I, I, I just got, I got wrapped up in it. That was one of the best Juneteenth celebrations that I've ever been a part of. And it's because of all the different personalities that were different cultures that were down there mm-hmm. um, celebrating this momentous event, you know, mm-hmm. cause you think about people have said, well, you know, why do we have to have a Juneteenth celebration? I mean, literally if there's no Juneteenth celebration, there's no Juneteenth, there's no freeing of the mm-hmm. slaves. There's no emancipation proclamation. Mm-hmm. You're not having me on the show right now. Yeah. Um, and you're not, you know, I'm not running for city council because it'd be forbidden. So um, the West end area, all that to say this, the West end area with the Darwin school that used to be there, the all black school, this is all Cookville history. And whether, you know, we want to make a big deal out of diversity and inclusion or not um, you know, it's here. And that's the way that we should be living. And I think that that's the basis for keeping Cookville hometown. Because we all went to school together, all know each other. We've all done something with Mm -hmm. each other, regardless of the color. So I think that that's what keeps Cookville, Cookville. Yes. And I think that that Juneteenth, um, just, I think, wasn't it last year or was it this year that it became a federal holiday? It was uh, Um, last year it became a federal holiday. Yeah. So I will be completely honest. Mm -hmm. Hopefully I don't get hate mail for this i didn't know what juneteenth was until probably 10 years ago i guess um i was living and working in daytona beach Mm -hmm. and we were putting some schedules together um i was with the news journal there and yeah i asked someone what's juneteenth Mm -hmm. um because our daughter's birthday is in june so i think of holidays and absolutely (laughs) plan around yeah you don't know what Juneteenth is? And yeah. I said, no, I've never heard of it. And I had great history teachers. I don't want to say anything yeah. bad about my history right. teachers. Right. But we just, we didn't, we really didn't know about it. Yeah. But I 100% support it because yeah. I think it's great. Yeah. Um, I think it started in Texas. Yeah. So the the history of it was, is 1863 was when President Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation in January. Um, it, it wasn't until 1865 in Galveston, Texas, 
uh, General Gordon Granger was the one that made the announcement to the slaves down there. So imagine for two years, you've actually been free and you didn't even know it. Uh, you, there was a doc, docu, there was a document, there's legislation that says you are free, you can do whatever you want and live as a free, free man or woman. And you don't get the news until two years later. So that's why I tell people, you know, there is a significance for it. But just to let you know, I would not be upset with you if you didn't know <laughs> anybody who's coming to ask me about it. Uh, you know, I've always enjoyed giving the history lesson. And I don't think that it has anything to do with, you know, previous teachers. I don't think it has to do with any of that. I think that it has to do with the one thing that we're a lot of us are not doing, especially on a national level, we're not sitting down and having conversations. Yes. You know, I've, I've got friends that come to my office and say, hey, listen, this thing that happened in a civil, you know, civil rights type of um, uh, situation, whether it be a shooting, a police shooting or whatever it is, this is what I think. Don't get mad because I don't. And I'm like, I'm not going to get mad. We're going to think different things. Mm -hmm. If we all thought the same, we'd be so bored. This I know. A terrible we one. can agree yeah. to disagree. We can agree to disagree. Let's just make sure that we do it respectfully and civilly. Yes, so I right. have these conversations and, you know, it's just kind of like, oh, well, hey, I feel this way about this. Okay, well, here's my perspective. You see a six. I see a nine. It's still the same number on the, on, on the floor. Um, so there it is. We had our conversation. Now let's go eat. What do you want, a burger or a sub? Yep. And that's the way that I carry on with everything, because I, I think that the best thing for us in order, like I said, to keep Cookville, Cookville, and for us to continue as, as the Cookville citizens that we are, we have to sit down and have the conversations, regardless of how uncomfortable they are. Right. But it's about the way that we handle them. Yeah, right. and I agree. I think that anytime we can have conversation, it's always good, yeah. because when you have conversation, People learn new things, yeah. and we we always taught our kids we don't we we don't care what's going on. Mm -hmm. You you try to stand up for everyone. Yeah. No one's better than you. You're That's no right. better than anyone else. That's right. Mm -hmm. And we should all care about each other. We're all God's so, creation. You're sounding like right. parents right now. <laughs> yeah. My kids are probably like rolling their eyes yeah, totally right are. now. They are. <laughs> During all the meet the candidate. Mm -hmm forums and everything. D, is there a question you wish you had been asked? So I have to be honest. There's, there's, that's, there's, that's got two parts. Okay. So one of the questions, and I, and I have to give this man credit for this, but one of the questions that I was begging to get was the Juneteenth question. Mm -hmm. I didn't get it. Chad Gilbert got it. And I think that Chad hit a home run with it because on the surface um, and I might get hate mail for this on the surface. When you say, should there be a Juneteenth holiday? Cause the city didn't celebrate it. Should there be a Juneteenth holiday? And everybody's going to say, yes, everybody should get off for Juneteenth. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But then you don't think about it in the business perspective. Mm -hmm. There's a, a certain amount of holidays that you get every year. So that's the thing. Do you want flag day or whatever? Oh, yeah. or do you want the day after Christmas? Do you want, because people will complain about that. Mm -hmm. Hey guys, you get Christmas this year and that's it. You come back to work the next day. Well, that's not fair. We shouldn't be able to do that. You want a Juneteenth, you want a president's day. So mm -hmm. I think that that was perfect the way that he put it. Plus having the manpower production operations cost and all that other good stuff. Mm -hmm. That is definitely the correct answer when you're coming from a business perspective. As far as I'm concerned, I'm taking Juneteenth. Off. <laughs> you can have flag day. I'll work on president's day. It's whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but then the other question um, that I, that I, I wish that I would have had um, was the, uh, the question about, um, 
the what we do about the streets and things downtown mm -hmm. because I'd love to elaborate more on the whole bicycle paths and you know even quite possibly building um, a bridge and I'm not talking about a huge bridge uh, a, an infrastructure project that requires a lot of money but something that goes over a busy highway or something like that you know something small um, because you start thinking about some of these countries, different countries that are using bicycles, um, people are saving money mm -hmm. because they're not having any, and gas prices are, you know, they're still high in my, in my, in term, in my terms, um, they're still high, um, you know, the congestion there, because there's a lot of people there. And I just think that some people say to themselves, maybe the people that speak the loudest, mm -hmm. no way, let's not do bikes. Let's not do bikes. But then there's probably about 50 to 60 uh, plus more that are saying, hey, that might not be a bad idea. And so I think it's the influence of, mm -hmm. of the decision um, to be able to try something like that. But I would definitely love to try, you know, the bicycle, um, the bicycle path, um, uh, maybe approach or incentive. Well, yeah, not only saving money, but also health issues. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's also that too, you know, mm -hmm. that helps in, in not just, um, you know, the exercise and the, yes. uh, and the cardio portion. Because I hear a lot of people talking about, well, I got to go to the gym because I got to get cardio. But imagine having to ride your bike to and from work. I mean, that's going to give you your cardio, oh, your yeah. daily cardio in a nutshell. Oh, yeah. Yes. So I'm going to ask a off, uh, this was not one of the questions we had. Yes. Um, off script. So yeah, off script, guys. <laughs> we we um, have probably one of the lowest voter turnouts in Putnam County. Yeah. And I personally think our country is moving in the wrong direction. Now, Absolutely. I will say I am unapolog unapologetically 100% pro-life. Yeah. Um, However, you mentioned gas prices mm -hmm. and all these other things. Um, I think that when you vote, you can help make a change. Absolutely. So what would you say to encourage people to get out and vote? So I would let them know that they should stop listening to all of the rhetoric about theories and agendas. Um, this hits me close to home because I made a post um, four years ago. I made a post about, um, you know, voting uh, for, for your local candidates um, because the issues that affect you are only going to be resolved here locally. You can bring all the national stuff you want to to Cookville. It's still not going to change what issues affect you. But what I do believe in is that you have to say to yourself, I, I need to voice my opinion. I need to cast my vote because that could be the 0.1% that helps put this issue over the top or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. um, but I, like I said, I had the situation where I was encouraging people to vote and I had friends of mine, I mean, people that I call brothers, uh, you know, at posting out loud, like, Hey, it's not going to matter. Don't even vote because you know, the government, the government's already got this planned out. We know exactly how it's going to work. And so I had other people tell me, yeah, they're kind of right. And I'm just like, no, they're not just vote, cast your vote. Um, you know, let your opinion be heard. Let your, mm -hmm. let your, let your voice be heard some form or fashion. So the, the biggest thing is I would tell people, stop listening to the other voices out there, mm -hmm. make up your own mind. And in your own mind, if you say to yourself, it's useless, it's worthless or whatever it is, and that's how you really feel, then, you know, you're free to do whatever you want. We got free will. But if you're doing it because you've been encouraged by somebody else that is negative about it, I would say cast that to the side and cast your vote. Right. What uh, advice would you give to a younger you? <laughs> <laughs> don't eat that. Don't go there. <laughs> no, just, um, I would, um, to wow, to my younger self, 
um, I would tell my younger self, be faithful, hang in there. It's all going to be good in the end. I like that, actually. Hey, what else, something we haven't covered or you haven't got to say, what, what else would you like to share about yourself? So two things. One thing that I would like to share, um, I guess politically, um, election-wise with city council, one of the things that I would love to do, there's two initiatives that I would love to do. The first one, of course, is bringing in that, um, that, um, that Boys and Girls Club. Mm-hmm. The second thing that I'd like to do if I'm on city council is I'd love to have a junior city council um, where, you know, for a whole year, you've got um, kids that will come to city council meetings and they would act as their own city council um, and sit there, observe, uh, just kind of see how things how things work. I, I believe that we need to encourage our youth to be civic minded um, because you think to yourself, um, I'm somebody who had civics and being growing up in an Air Force family, we, we had civics in the schools in the Department of Defense schools that we were in. But there's a lot of people who um, don't understand when I say, hey, look, I think everybody should serve and you should be cognizant of what's going on with your local leadership. Um, that's because the civics aspect, not, not to say that it's not in our school systems well enough, but um, the, the civics aspect isn't attractive enough to them. So maybe doing something like this where they're with city council members, um, I, I think that that would be good um, for, you know, kind of grooming the, the next leaders of the city. And then also, um, you know, going back to the, the Boys and Girls Club, I'd love to implement like a summer hire program mm-hmm. um, for kids 14 to 17. I've thought about this a lot, and I think that this will quite possibly help some of these uh, younger kids that are taking these examples. Now there's, there's young kids that I've spoken to that know about unemployment. Mm. That is so sad Mm. that they know that if I stay at a job for 90 days and they fire me for some reason, they could self-sabotage. They know how much they get in unemployment. Oh, that is really sad. That is so sad. And I have no qualms with telling their, (laughs) their parents and them about this. So I'd like for us to encourage uh, our youth to be able to go out to get jobs, um, to have that working mentality, because um, we've tried encouraging them to do education, go to college, go to trade school. Um, and it seems like that just kind of hit a wall, um, you know, because kids aren't going to college. You can go to junior college, it's free, just go. Mm-hmm. They still don't want to do that. So if they're not going to do that, then we at least need to kind of tr- train them, mold them cognit- cognitively to be thinking about work Mm -hmm. going to work and i think that if we have a summer hire program and we show them maybe their skills will develop there so when they say okay yeah i've graduated from high school i don't want to go to college here's what i'm going to do i need to get out in the workforce and when i get out in the workforce i'm going to do something that i've always loved to do well we have a few questions left these are a little bit different we we work with a a lot of younger people millennials gen z and i said well if you were going to talk to the city council candidates what would you ask okay so the the first one these are more like personable Mm -hmm. types of things okay so if you were to choose whether to eat at home or to go out to eat which one would you pick Go out to eat, but I want to make sure that I have the money for it. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I've I've got eight children, mm-hmm. um, you know, and six are are definitely with me all the time. 
And uh, they they always want to go and eat out. They love my cooking. That's good, too. I, I think they do that just so they can go out. But, you know, we, we do Taco Tuesday. We have one Tuesday at home, and then we go out. But when we go out, man, that bill, it always kills me. Especially so. right now, probably. Yes, <laughs> yes. But we still do it because I, I, I want my kids to be happy. And, you know, they get good grades, and they're good kids. So, mm -hmm. yeah. But I, I'm, eating out would be, would be it, yeah. Well, the next one is along food lines as well. Okay. We, we do a lot of food in A lot the of food. I like it. Uh, we have, um, if you were picking a dessert and you had cake, pie, or cobbler, which one would you choose? Cake. I <laughs> love a vanilla cake or the uh, the yellow cake with mm -hmm. chocolate um, mm -hmm. chocolate icing. That That's an 80s, 90s thing for me. So it's definitely going to be cake. <laughs> well, the last question is, are you a gamer? <laughs> <laughs> I seem to think so, but my 13-year-old son, Aaron, says no. So, no, I'm not a gamer. I'm not a gamer. Well, thank you so much for yep. coming into the great. studio. Yeah. It's been great you. talking with you. Listen, this, is, this has been great um, being here. I, I want to thank you for what you guys are doing. I don't know if you get a lot of praise for this, but um, just doing something like this along the lines to keep people informed. I believe communication with the people is important. But So, to give them a resource, to give them an outlet – and for you to give your time to this, this is amazing. So thank you very much for having me. I appreciate the invite. Thank, thank you. you so much. Yeah, absolutely. And thank everyone who's watching. And we will see you soon. Or on, listening. Or listening on, yeah, on the podcast networks. We'll see you again or speak with you soon from Quickville Now. Thank you. Bye. Bye.